Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, this is going to be for Ezekiel chapter 38. So I'm going to read a little narrative first that explains a little bit about this chapter. The following from Busar Makonki sums up the events of the Battle of Armageddon. Oh, let me read the heading. The Battle of Gog and Magog against Israel shall usher in the second coming. The Lord will come amid war and pestilence, and all men shall shake at his presence. So that's about the Battle of Armageddon uh, right before the second coming. Bruce R. McConkie said, Our Lord is to come again in the midst of the Battle of Armageddon, or in other words, during the course of the great war between Israel and Gog and Magog. At the second coming, all nations of the earth are to be engaged in battle, and the fighting is to be in progress in the area of Jerusalem and, and Armageddon. Now that's, uh, in Armageddon is the Valley of Megiddo in Israel. The prophecies do not name the modern nations which will be fighting for and against Israel, but the designation Gog and Magog is given to the combination of nations which are seeking to overthrow and destroy the remnant of the Lord's chosen seed. Ezekiel 38 and 39 record considerable prophetic detail relative to this great war. It should be noted that it it is to take place in the latter day, in the latter years, that it will be fought in the mountains of Israel against those who have been gathered in the, to the land of their ancient inheritance, and that the land of Israel shall be relatively unprotected, a land of unwalled villages, that Gog and Magog shall come out of the north parts in such numbers as to cover the land as a cloud that the Lord will then come, and all men shall, shall shake at his presence, that there will be such an earthquake as has never been before seen, which will throw down the mountains, that there will be pestilence, blood, fire, brimstone descend out of the armies, or upon the armies, that the forces of Gog and Magog will be destroyed upon the mountains of Israel, that the supper of the great God shall then take place as the beasts and fowls eat the flesh and drink the blood of the fallen ones." and that the house of Israel will be seven months burying the dead and seven years burning the discarded weapons of war. That makes it sound like, doesn't it, that at the end of Armageddon the second coming doesn't occur because uh, they're, they're burying their dead. If this was at the second coming, they wouldn't need to bury the dead because they would all be burned up. And then seven years are going to transpire in which they're using the weapons of war or the discarded weapons that they're burning. Uh, so there must be some time period between the Battle of Armageddon and the final second coming. Anyway, that's just my opinion, but it sure sounds like that from the verses here. In the light of all this, and much more that is prophetically foretold about the final great battles in the Holy Land, it is any wonder that those who are spiritually informed and spiritually enlightened watch world events with great interest as troubles continue to foment in Palestine, Egypt, and the Near East. That was written quite a while ago in Mormon Doctrine. That the battle between the before the millennium, which is known as the Battle of Armageddon, makes reference to Gog and Magog, may at first be confusing since the last great battle at the end of the millennium is called the Battle of Gog and Magog by John in Revelation. But the names Gog and Magog are used by both battles because they symbolize an alliance of great evil power. Joseph Ealing Smith clarified this point as follows. Before the coming of Christ, the great war, sometimes called Armageddon, will take place as spoken of by Ezekiel in chapters 38 and 39. Another war of Gog and Magog will be after the millennium. Obviously, the battle seen by Ezekiel will be one of the greatest events of the world's history, and so it is not surprising that the prophets speak of it again and again. 
Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Zechariah, and John the Revelator will all speak of it in some detail, and it is mentioned in several places in Latter-day Scripture. That was out of the Institute Manual. Ezekiel and Jeremiah indicated areas that will be involved and named Israel as the target of war. Ezekiel named Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Meshech, and Tubal as the leader of the forces that would come against Israel. I want you to notice something here, um, Meshech and Tubal. Uh, in Hebrew, remember there's no vowels in Hebrew, so Meshech, M-S-C, if you were to substitute other vowels, could be Moscow. Mesek, Moscow. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, um, they name uh, Mesek and Tubal as the leader of the forces that will come against Israel. Magog, Mesek, and Tubal were ancient peoples in the northern part of Asia Minor. Gog is a symbolic name for the leader or leaders of this great evil power that will arise in the last days. Ezekiel named Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, Gomer, and Togomar as being in alliance with Gog. These designations refer to general areas of the ancient world, so a list of modern nations fighting in Armageddon cannot be compiled from these sources. McConkie said, The prophecies do not name the modern nations which will be fighting for and against Israel, but the designation Gog and Magog is given to the combination of nations which are seeking to overthrow and destroy the remnants of the Lord's chosen seed. The prophets agreed that all nations should be joined in this alliance in one way or another. And the strategic objective of this great and evil alliance is clearly the nation of Israel. All right, so we haven't read a verse yet, so now we're going to start in verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Mesek, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. The terms Gog and Magog are often joined together, as, for example, in the phrase, The Battle of Gog and Magog, in Revelation 20, verse 8. Thus, many people assume the terms refer to two people by these by those names. This, however, shows clearly that Gog is a name of a person and Magog the land from which he comes. Technically, Gog of Magog is the correct way to say it. Over the centuries, however, the names have come to mean the combination of nations that will fight against Israel in the last days. That was from the Institute Manual. Verse 3, And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Mesek and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Cush and Phut, and Libya with them all, of them with shield and helmet. Ezekiel specifically told his readers where Gog, the great military and political leader or leaders of the last days, would come from, and with whom he would be allied in the war against Israel. He used names that were current in Old Testament times, though many of their names are not familiar to modern readers. Gog, or Magog, Mesek, and Tubal were in northern Asia Minor. Persia was in eastern Asia Minor, and Ethiopia and Libya, Cush and Phut, were in Africa. Gomer and Togomar, Togomara, have been associated with peoples in Asia Minor and Europe, that these nations would come from north and south, east and west, represent the teaching that all nations will fight against Israel. Verse 6, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited, or mustered in the latter years, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back 
from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to take to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the place that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, which with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring them against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee or through thee, O God, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come upon shall come up in my face, for in my jealousy and in my and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken, surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. So God is going to call forth all the nations of the earth so that they can witness what's going to happen to them as they get destroyed and and that Israel is spared. Verse 20, so, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him and overflowing rain with great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. As did Ezekiel, John the Revelator also saw great hailstones raining down upon a vast army in Armageddon. He gave that their weight at one talent, which is approximately 75.6 pounds, or 34.3 kilograms. That's a lot. And verse 23, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So anyway, that's uh, regarding the Battle of Armageddon. We'll read more about that in the next chapter. We'll see you then. Bye.